everyone, and welcome to China EVs and more. Happy New Year, everyone! To the first episode of 2024, my co-host Li Xing and I will go over the week's most important and interesting news coming out of the global EV, AV, and mobility sectors. What Lei and I discuss today is based on our opinions and should not be taken as investment advice. For those that are new to the show, welcome, and to our loyal listeners, welcome back. We ask that you please help us get the word out about this podcast to other enthusiasts, and of course, tune in again next week. My name is Tu Li, and I'm the managing director at Sinawato Insights, a global management consultancy that helps. Organizations bring innovative and tech-focused products and services to the transportation and mobility sectors. I write a free weekly newsletter that we pull many of our discussion topics from. You can sign up for it at sinawatoinsights.com, which, of course, I encourage you all to do. Happy New Year, Lay! Happy New Year! And I feel that you've cheated because I already <laughs> posted my predictions for 2024. Since this is the first episode of Two Four, we are going to go over our predictions. Some of them bold, some of them not so much. But I'm anxious to hear what your predictions are because I have no idea. So, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, sir. Good morning. This is Lei Xing, your co-host, former chief editor of China Auto Review, and this is episode number one forty-eight. Right? It is one forty-eight. One forty-eight. The first of twenty twenty-four, and、uh, the year of the dragon. Not quite there yet. We're still yet. in the year of、February、the rabbit. February tenth but... is Chinese New Year, so. <laughs> Yeah, so、uh, I mean that itself, the year of the dragon is is you know you know if you know what 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 dragon it's it's a huge difference than than a rabbit, right? Yes. <laughs> And 2023, even though in a year of rabbit, it wasn't a rabbit year. <laughs> But was it an aggressive rabbit year? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the predictions. I think、um, I mean, I've made a couple. <laughs> I tweeted a couple. Right. I mean, a lot of it has to do, I guess, with kind of the the, the races to start off on on the sales side of it, which has really been the news the, so far this year, five four or five days into it. Every single media outlet has posted about BYD beating Tesla, and the fine print needs to be clear that they beat them、yeah. on Bev <laughs> on Bev sales alone in Q four of twenty three. Tesla beat them for the full year, beat them for the full year. So, yeah. So I, you know, I I don't look at it as a BYD versus Tesla. I look at it as a BYD and Tesla versus everyone else. Sure. I think you probably would agree with that kind of、um, really the thirty thousand foot level grand scheme of things. Because when you look at the U.S. market, maybe I don't know globally the Chinese market. There's only one a company in each of those markets that stand out, which are BYD and Tesla, and then the rest combined. You know, I don't. I, I tweeted that I don't know how what's the global、um, EV sales this year, but together they're about five million units, and I think Tesla did just saw this one point six. Was it one point? No, that's wrong. One point eight one. You mean? No, no, one point eight one globally, but I think in China,、oh, I forgot the number top of my head. Well, think of it this way: so fifty two percent of the one point eight one were produced in China, and let's say shipped out of China. Yeah, ninety percent of that were 
domestically consumed, let's just say around 90 or 70, 80% of that. Yeah. Okay. So at 1.81, that means over 900,000 units were built in China and let's say 75% of that. So seven, six, 600, 700,000 units were sold in China uh, by Tesla in 2023. Yeah. And, and BYD, you know, roughly, let's just, you know, make it simple. 10% of their sales were um, overseas. So three million three three hundred thousand were overseas, not quite three hundred thousand, but you know to make it easy, right? Yeah. So if if we want to do the verses, there's pros and cons for both Tesla and 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 BYD. BYD the the monster share was sold in China, uh, although they have entered over sixty markets. The international sales is is a very 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 small portion, and for Tesla, 70. yeah, official numbers are seventy. Countries and regions and 400 cities. Yeah. So that's bananas, by the way. That's a bananas number. But uh, yeah. But, but yeah, if, if we wanted to skew or put our thumb on the scale for a Tesla or a BYD, we could do that. But to your point, I think it is more accurate to say in the clean energy space, it's a BYD Tesla world. Everyone else just lives in it for now. Yeah, and, and, and one prediction um, I, I had made was for the full year 2024, BYD tops Tesla in BV sales globally. And we're oh, looking yeah, at I don't, over I don't 2 think million units. I don't think, so, I, I think that's like an easy prediction for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think BYD will try every way it can to do it. And and another caveat is, is you know, we put both, both um, Tesla stand and BYD stand head on. The the selling points of the majority of BYD vehicles are lower, but you know profitability wise, gross margin wise, BYD is not that much behind, or maybe they're ahead. It, they're ahead in the depending in the on the recent quarters. They're ahead, right? Depending on the you know final year annual numbers, but and I think also kudos to Tesla because Tesla is doing this with three and the Y. Only majority of it, whereas BYD is doing this with I don't know some twenty models, a dozen, yeah, a dozen or more, right? So there's so many ways you can compare and debate, you know, who's ahead, who's behind. But at the end of the day, both are just far ahead of everybody else, scale wise, efficiency wise, right? So what can't be disputed is that scale wins out because if you're shipping twenty thousand units a month, your your costs are still amortized over a small denominator. Whereas for BYD, it's over 300,000 units. For Tesla, it's between 50 and 70,000 units. And that's just China, okay? So in order to get any positive margins, any positive profits, you likely have to be shipping 60, 70,000 units a month Full stop. And yeah, that's probably break even for, and, and I'm, you know, and we could get a bit more accurate, but let's just say 75,000 units. If you're not shipping 75,000 units either into China or globally, you're probably not going to be profitable. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, um, for many of these newbies, they're still operating at a loss. And, and to get to that kind of scale is, is, I mean, the only thing we can think of which is would be the next prediction, is the auto is trying to get to 100000 a month, less than five years after it delivered its first vehicle. And what's uh, not really appreciated in that 
forecast or goal is that they can, number one, their products will track that demand. And then number two, they can build to that demand because we've seen Rivian, Lucid, all kinds of EV companies not able to get mass production ramp sorted out in 12 months, 14 months, 18 months. So getting that demand is the one challenge. And then being able to build to that demand is the other part because we already know that Tesla has gone through manufacturing hell. So let's assume that if you're not building and selling at at least 40, 50, 60,000 units a month, you're going to go through that too. And with Liato, you we've already seen that they're delaying the mega. And I guarantee you one of those reasons is because it's a BEV and not an EREV. So mm-hmm. yeah, new platform, new, um, you know, architecture. And, uh, and, and that's to Xpeng's benefit because they're shipping in January for that's the exactly, yeah. X9. And I think Brian Gu talked about it. I don't know, on CNBC or one of the, yep. that was a 7% price drop compared to the, what the initial, um, I guess pre-order. And that's what we had talked about, Lay, right? All year last year that they, they cut price before they even shipped the, the product. Yeah, yeah. Price on launch. Price on launch. Similar with the EA today. Um, it's a pre-sale, but I mean, it's, it's, in the, it's in the high 100,000s and low 200,000s. And, uh, you know. So let, let's, uh, you want to start with your predictions besides some of these uh, forecast numbers? Yeah, so uh, prediction on Lee Auto beating the ABBs this year. I don't know what the final numbers will be. Lee Auto says 800,000, but let's just say they beat ABB this year. So I think that, in fact, is more significant. All three of them? Yes. Okay. So for the folks that are new, ABB in China is a common term for Audi, Beamer, and Benz. And historically, you could set your watch with the exception of the last few years because of the EV disruption, you could set your watch to Audi, Beamer, Benz selling between 650, 800,000 units annually in the yes. China market. And most of them have now onshored production so that they're building the A4s, A5s, the, C, the C-class, the E-class, and uh, the X3s and the X5s and the 3 Series and the 5 Series locally in China with the partner. And so for Li Auto, who started in 2014 or 2015, to be able to get close to Audi, Beamer, Benz is amazing in and of itself. And to think that you could outsell them. Now, he Li Auto is talking individually. They're not saying we're going to sell more than Audi plus BMW plus Mercedes. We're saying, they're saying we're going to outsell those three brands individually. Each of them. Yes, each of them. Yes. And Lei, that is a mighty fall. That's why it's more significant than BYD topping Tesla even. Because BYD, I mean, they've been doing this for, you know, I I say it's it's a 30-year in the making that they did. Yeah. It's not a one year, it's not a two year, it's not a three year, it's not a five year, it's 30 year making. Tesla, 20 years, right? They're- so CNBC just dropped an article uh, that Evelyn and, and Arjun had wrote. I think Taylor and I are both quoted in it. For those that are looking to, to learn more about BYD's history, 
All you need to know is Wang Chuan Fu is a freaking ninja gangster. He's as ambitious as anybody in the West. And from a vertical integration standpoint, and Sandy Monroe had brought this up when I was on that that panel with them and, and, and John McElroy's show. He said the Harvard business cases and the Harvard business educated folks wanted to tell you to outsource everything. And BYD did the opposite. And there's no way that Wang Chuan Fu knew that COVID was going to happen. EV adoption was going to happen so quickly in China. But guess what? All of those long-term decisions that they made acquiring that Chinese brand, automotive brand in 2003 that blew up, basically, doubling down on battery technology, fabbing their own chips. When you combine all of that, that's what gives them this huge advantage. Huge advantage. Yeah, yeah. Let me add something, like, because there was this article in Barron's, and it was quoting an analyst, because now there's also a lot of articles that said, oh, Elon messed up. He made bad decisions, and he should have, instead of developed the Cybertruck, he should have developed the Model 2. One of the analysts was like, oh, that's, that's idiotic, or he said something stupid. And he was like, oh, because the technology is not available yesterday. It's available tomorrow. And my first thought was, well, then why is... BYD profitable. So this analyst doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Anyways, because yeah, if Tesla wants to build that Model 2, they need to buy batteries from somebody else. But don't tell me that they can't build the the Model 2 couldn't be profitable if it was built today. It could be. So full stop. Anyways, I'm jumping off my soapbox. Yeah. But, you know, looking ahead, so I did say BYD will pass this year to BEV and full-year BEV sales over Tesla. But looking ahead, I think it gets a lot harder. Tesla is going to be very difficult for them to get to another 50%. And from 1.8 million, adding 900,000 units, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen, right? And then BYD, where does BYD go? Do you want to make a prediction? I mean, 3 million units, can they get to four? That's a 33% growth, right? 30%. <laughs> I guess in order for me to decide on whether Tesla and BYD can get to, and, and I'm, I'm, give me a second to think about who's going to sell more in 2024. What's important is that the countries that they sell in the United States and China, those are the two most important countries. And we need to look at in 2024, how much is EV sales going to grow in in, in the United States? Yeah. And then in China, yeah. how much is the overall market going to grow? Because we went from 22 and change in 2022 to, I think, now around 25 million units. And so I think the big part of them still be able to get high double digits in growth is because strong growth in United States, continuous strong growth in China. And I think that's where you are pointing to it's more challenging in 2024 because there might not be that strong growth that we're looking at in the United States and China that we've seen in the past. So because, you know, I if I extrapolate a little bit, so in order to get to above 2 million and based on half and half, so BYD and D would probably have to get to you know, around 4 million, because half of it will be BEVs based on the 2023 numbers. And we're assuming no friction, because if we look at capacity, 
And if Tesla is able to increase capacity of Shanghai Giga, it creates a lot more flexibility for them, a lot more pressure for them to sell, but also a lot more flexibility. And for BYD, we need to not only look at finished goods capacity, meaning the the actual automotive capacity that they have, but then we need to look up up the supply chain to see how much battery capacity they have. Because if they run short of battery capacity, they're supplying Ford, they're supplying Tesla, they're supplying Toyota. Guess who's not going to get it? It's not going to be BYD vehicles. It's going to be their customers' vehicles. Yeah. So it's a bit more complicated. And we haven't even talked about the tariffs, the the political aspects. Because, we'll get there. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but I'm saying that, you know, for, for BYD, it's a little bit cleaner if they can continue to sell well into China. For Tesla to sell well, they need Europe, they need China, they need United States, but they need most of those batteries to come from China. Yeah. And if, you know, BYD spreads its cost well, then... I mean, the Yang Wangs, right? Yang Wang, I think they did 1,600 units in December. And that's over a million a pop, RMB, $150,000. And they'd sold 1,600 units. You do the math. I mean, if, it, if they can sell tens of thousands of the uh, Yang Wang in, in 2024, I mean, profitability-wise, that's a huge boost. Same with the Fang Bao, right? Fang Bao. So that's something to watch. And this is where BYD... I, I feel it's easier to go start down market and, and go up market as opposed to up market to down market. And, uh, you know, the, the if you look at the US three, Stellantis, a disproportionate share of their profits comes from the Americas because of the Ram trucks that are sold. And so 15% of total sales in the United States goes to SUVs and trucks. But it drives most of the US 3's profits. So my point is that BYD doesn't actually need to grow Yang Wang from a volume standpoint that right, much. Right, right. Sales, if sales gets to a few thousand a month, they're winning. Yeah. You know, Fang Chung Bao a little bit more because their price point is a little bit lower. But again, still premium, not a million RMB premium. And for, for those that are wondering, a million RMB is around 150,000 US dollars. Yeah. See, one of the things, the th- the things that you did, I didn't call out sales volumes, but I should have, anyways. But please continue. Yeah, but then you and I complement each other, right? Yeah. And we'll talk about your, you know, others. And then again, the overall market. My current model is just under thirteen million. Now that includes thirteen million NEVs. That include uh, exports. Yep. And the reason I'm saying that is, if we look at the overall market being thirty million including exports this year, well, I mean, in 2023, with a, a third take rate expected to grow to 40%, you just do the math, right? Three times four is, is 12 million. <laughs> and China always, uh, at the end of the year, always gets stronger. So my model is looking at just below 13 million, 13 million NEVs, including exports in 2024. So basically you're, Effective, you're saying it effectively matches the U.S. market, the, the entire size of the U.S. market. Add another three million units to whatever nine point three four in 2023. I the the one thing that gives me pause on that number lay is has nothing to do with cars. Has everything to do with China's overall economy. Yes, 
And, uh, you know, if, if it is 13 million, but the Chinese economy is still struggling, there's, there's going to be a disproportionate, the growth in exports is going to be huge is what I'm saying. Yes. Which, which is a kind of a caveat because that's part of the driver of that volume. And also the price war you predicted, right? This is, I mean, we said this a long time ago that uh, it's going to be a, a, a big theme in 2024 again. And, um, you know, I'm sure Xiaomi is right now, <laughs> uh, the, the way you would put it, it's sharpening their pencils and, and trying to decide on the price point <laughs> of the Su-7. Yes. Uh, uh, because, you know, like the Galaxy E8, all these prices, right around the 200,000 MME range, makes it very difficult for a brand like a Xiaomi to launch it above 300,000. That's all you have to... Because they know they will they will be dead in the water before they actually even launch the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what they're what they're ultimately hoping for, Lei, is that the Chinese economy by June, July starts to really uh, grow again. That's what they're hoping for. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the 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 two hundred thousand in the range again. You know, this is with Neo launching Alps, where BYD where lives here, with 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 Xpeng, by the way, launching the Mona right around the I guess unveiling or launch right around the. Sh- Beijing Auto Show time. That's 150,000 RMB with advanced their XNGP features. Okay. So these are drivers. So for so what you're saying is that for a vehicle that's cheaper than the Chevy Bolt, you're gonna get almost level two or level two plus or th- level three ADAS. Well, level, let's just say level two plus plus. Two plus plus. plus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause technically yeah. it's not level or legally it's not level three. Agreed. Yeah. So, so for twenty less than twenty five thousand dollars, you're going to get level. You're going to get the Chinese domestic brands version of FSD, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Uh, bananas. That's bonkers. And then we can talk about some of yours, and and maybe some of yours. I read your newsletter. We can be a little bit more specific. Okay. (laughs) Very good. Well, I was. Talking to Russell Flannery from Forbes, so I'd given some of my predictions already. And let me see. So the newsletter yesterday highlighted some of my bolder predictions, right? And and I think some of these are more far fetched, but I'm just throwing them out there. I think Neo finds a partner in 2024. You said something about cabbage. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say something else. Okay. I'm gonna say um, sushi is pretty good. Yes, I thought I thought about that too. I thought about that too, but I feel Kia Hyundai have so much to offer, but they are continuing to struggle in the China market, and maybe they feel that the only way to really get past the single digit share is to partner with a Chinese brand, okay? And so does this make sense with Neo and, and, and Korean? I'm not sure, but to me, on the European side, there's just not many attractive players, right? Because Mercedes is, uh, you know, so. No, I think from a point of view of a being, what's the word I'm looking for? The opposite of conservative, what's the word? Aggressive? Yeah, from the uh, aggressive point of view, I would probably rank the Koreans Hyundai Kia at the at the very back and the Germans at the very top. 
in terms of China EVification. Uh, so that's the reason, you know, I, I said sushi is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, the Japanese relatively, I mean, they're working with BYD, right? Yeah. So I, I, I think I think the Koreans, they're, they're still trying to figure it out themselves. Yes. Because they don't have really the, the, I mean, they have EVs, but right, like I said, you know, it's not resonating. One thing, Lei, I will pat myself on the back for is that I had written uh, massive layoffs at the legacies and not, what, two hours into having the uh, the newsletter out in the wild, I get an, a link from a friend and the article title is Volkswagen and Works Council Agreed on Staff Cost Reductions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, I think, was like announced right at the end of last year. Yeah. So um, some kind of a, a agreement. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, I was. I didn't know about this. I was due. So let me let me insure, yeah. re- reassure you folks that I did not see this article. But uh, what else did I write? Did you have any like? Oh man, this guy's this this guy's crazy. Did you have any reaction with with any of my predictions like that? Where it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Or do you see them? So so let me just say this. Um, let me summarize the the ones that I had said in Forbes because one or two of them I'm kind of regretting that I said uh, price wars will last. I think you agree with that too. Yes, China the entering America. Yes, I think yes. I'll add. Okay, so that they they will enter the Americas through Mexico and not just EV. So so traditional automotive as well for for Chinese domestic brands. Yeah, yeah. Good point. And I'll add to that is is regardless, and I think I've said this before, that announcement will be made from a brand entering America. Yep. Announcement. Not actually entering, but an announcement. Oh yeah, I so, think there's gonna be a couple. So I think it's just a you know, piggyback on, on your prediction. But the the one thing that I think you would also agree with is that it's going to put the United States and Mexico relationship diplomatically at a at a crossroads because Mexico is going to see record foreign direct investment likely from Chinese companies. And the reason I don't say mm-hmm. brands is because battery companies will also be investing in Mexico. Yeah. And, and, and 2024 uh, is uh, election year. So, I mean, that's a huge factor in itself. Yeah. And it's not only that the U.S. and Mexico might start to have some debate about this, but the federal government and the state governments in the United States might also have some heartburn because I know for a fact that the U.S. governors all want to increase jobs. That's part of their scorecard. And if all those jobs are going to Mexico, there's going to be some heartburn with that, too. Sure. And so uh, I think in 2024, that takes more of a front row uh, seat with regards to reactions, politicization, things like that. The one, the one thing that I wrote yeah. that I was kind of like, man, I read it again. I was like, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I wrote foreign brands will selectively succeed in China. So I think. Well, what do you mean by selectively succeed? Well, so so I didn't. I don't think I wrote selectively. I I picked out one or two brands. I picked out GM because they're going to have many more EVs in the China market in 2024. So so when I say succeed, what I meant to say is we've kind of seen them bottom out now, and 
I don't think they'll lose as much share in 2024 as they have over the last three years. And I think we'll actually see some good news from a GM, maybe from a Volkswagen, uh, if they can get their shit together on the ID side. So, and then Toyota wow. with the hybrids, right? <laughs> Toyota with the hybrids. Less so, less so Volkswagen. I've never seen you this uh, positive. <laughs> Be, you know, dunking on the the VWs and <laughs> wow. So the the so but but VW and GM I think have different reasons for not succeeding. I think VW the EVs that they have on offer in China are terrible. I think with GM they just don't have that many. Let, let's so, just say this: it's fair to say um, I think on the ICE side they will continue to lose share. Yep, and NEVs. The Chinese brands will dominate, you know, besides Tesla, uh, I think, you know, Volkswagen, GM, their their sales rankings and NEVs are improving. Dude, don't call uh, me out, man. I told you I, I wasn't confident in that last bullet. <laughs> But well, that's, I was, that's why we debate, right? That's, no, 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 I'm just joking. But but I do think that Toyota is going to do really well with hybrids in China in 2024. Yeah, I, I, I think for the foreign legacies, flat growth will be a win. Yes, yes, that's in what I meant. 2024, I think, to be specific, because Volkswagen did some numbers. Their official numbers of 2022 was 3.8 million group in China. In 2023, the final numbers are not out yet, but probably right around that, you know, if they, they you know, do 3.181716, that's a win. Yeah. I So that's where I wanted to really articulate in more detail what I meant by selectively succeed. I didn't actually think they're going to take 10%, 20% share. I actually meant that they're going to bottom out in 2023 and then we'll start to see some some life from these foreign brands, particularly GM and, and Toyota. So that's what I meant. Real quick, Lay, two gentlemen, two folks have uh, posted questions. Lay and I are going to riff for a few more minutes and then uh, we will get to your questions. So appreciate your patience. The other thing that I think is worth talking about. The U.S. capital markets will attract Chinese EV maker. You talking about IPO? Or yeah. Mm-hmm. The EVAV. Inc. We Ride, Chip. Lotus, Zeker. We Ride, all these type of. Do you think Horizons? Horizons not. They, they do Hong Kong, I think. We Ride. Yeah, We Ride. We Ride. Yeah. They've already, yeah. I think, applied. So RoboSense just IPO'd in Hong Kong. Yep. Hussai is here. The last thing that I want to get your take on is, so I wrote two things. The EV price war moves west. We saw that GM is going to offer rebates on the EVs that aren't being subsidized by the Inflation Reduction Act. So when I wrote the price war moves west, that hadn't happened yet. So that looks like it's going to happen. And the reasons for the price war moving west, slow demand, hybrids taking share, Excess capacity because Ford, GM have flipped some capacity over to EVs. And we saw last year, I think GM sold 80 something thousand. And of that, only 20% were off the, or less than 20% of those were off the Ultium platform. So, wow, it is not, not, not great. And uh, that tells me that there's excess capacity sitting around doing nothing in the United States. Yeah. And that always, always equals price cuts. The last thing, Lay, is that I'm predicting that 
the United States government is going to increase the tariff. Do, do, what's your take on that? That's where it's going. Yeah. And this is, this is, a, this is dangerous. I won't, uh, dangerous, probably not. It is risky because it pushes the Chinese EV, the Chinese automakers even more so to Mexico. Okay. So we're probably here, you know, so in the U.S., so France has already done it. Uh, so the EU commission's investigation, uh, BYD, Geely, and SIC Motor will know more about it maybe later this year and see what happens. Right? These are all ongoing that, that we expect these kind of protectionism or whatever yep. you want to call it. Yeah, but I think the China EV marches on no matter what. If not in the U.S., you know, somewhere else. And I'm looking forward. I'm ho- hopefully our listeners are are feeling a bit uh, fired up, frisky, whatever. We get some feedback, some pushback on on my or your predictions. Yeah. The, Go ahead. No, just you know, our, our last episode that that I said, you know, last year we were able to test Chinese EVs on three different co- continents. That in itself is is the sign of things to come, right? I think I think that says, and, and I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. I think that says a lot about us, but also about the 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 market in general. But and uh, uh, who who the heck are you referring to when you're saying CEO of a global automaker steps down? <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you. I'll tell you offline. I'll tell you offline. Um, because uh, think I think about I know it, which man. one you're referring to. Yeah, think, but but man, it's like. You look at the 2023, and there's a couple of legacies that really stand out for how poor they've done in 2023. So, anyways, speaking of, so there will be some exits also made forced? in forced. Yeah, no, 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 not 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 uh, uh, positions, not, oh, not, okay. not executives, but companies. Oh, uh, yeah, we're, we're already hearing some chatter. Yes, right. You're talking about going out of business, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, I'm telling you, man, we thought they were going to go out. We thought at least two or three businesses were going to go out of business. We thought FF, we thought Chentu, but they're always sticking around. They're always sticking around. Yeah. I think the companies you're referring to, and please add to them if if, if I'm not saying all of them. Well, Hi-Fi is the one that... that... And and WM, right? WM's out, right? Yeah, WM. I mean, it, yeah, they've been out. The question is, does HiFi have any IP that's worth acquiring? Yeah, I, I don't know. And so, let me see here. That's that's those are all of the. Oh, one thing that I did want to recommend, if you haven't read it yet, Lay, is Kevin Williams' article. Yeah, I on, saw that oh, on the man. Blazer. Right? Is yeah. that the one you're referring to? Yeah. Oh my God! And and um, for those of you that think that the legacy automakers are just going to just all of a sudden flip a switch and become software experts, you have to read uh, this article on the newly launched Chevy Blazer in the United States. It became a brick after 28 hours of driving it. And uh, it's... Does the one... Is that... Is that the one that that no longer has the CarPlay or not? Not yet. Yeah, yeah. I think they took. Well, I think CarPlay is leaving this year. Okay. In the, in the okay. twenty-five model. Yeah. I okay. Say. All right. But um, it is, you know, in the back of my mind because I'm an ex-GM employee. I have two, three family members that have retired from GM, so I I, I feel a little bit of loyalty to them. I was excited about the Blazer EV. 
uh, especially when they launched it and said it was going to start at $40,000. It's a $57,000 car right now. But if I was to get a discount in addition to the 7500 it would be something I would consider. Yeah, and the other company um, I may bring up is Netta. If you look at the charts, Netta was at the very, very bottom in December. And the CEO basically like cleaned, what, what's the word? Cleaned the... Uh, clean house? Clean house, almost. Yeah. Of their sales and marketing. And he's now in charge of, uh, I think, sales and marketing. Zhang Yong, the, the CEO of Netta. Well, there's only there's only one really one strategy, right? Just cut price. <laughs> yeah, so they had some issues with launching some new products and, and capacity tweak on one of their models. I and mean, he he made an explanation on Weibo, but... Right when you have a company that sells like you know fifteen thousand a month all the way to five thousand, all of a sudden, right, these things no one's immune. And the opposite end of the spectrum lay is that Leap Motor announced uh, sales of one hundred forty-five thousand. So that's growth, best year ever. And the driver of a lot of that growth was the e revs that they shipped this uh, in twenty twenty-three. So more e revs from Avatar. Who else? Uh, oh, right. <laughs> yep. So e-revs, for those that are wondering, are extended range electric vehicles. There's an engine that is powered by petrol that doesn't drive the wheels. It drives recharging the battery. But that's what Li Auto exclusively manufactures right now uh, with the Mega, the minivan being the first BEV for them, as Leigh had mentioned earlier in the in the show. Now, um, so so it's important to remember that Again, because software glitches are not the, the, the exclusive domain of Legacy Auto because IM Motors yeah, had something going on. Launching yeah. a patch for some software issues because the screen goes blank. So it's not. Yeah, I think Hi-Fi had, had issues as well. Well, unfortunately, in China, you don't get a second chance if you're an EV maker right. and you have major software issues, right? Right. You're just going to get bashed on Weixin, Weibo, and they will not. You'll get blackballed real quick in the, in the United States. I mean, case in point is Volkswagen with the ID series, right? I think uh, so. So the other thing too that that I wanted to highlight, but I didn't put in the newsletter, was that uh, I think data, I think the data security, data privacy, is going to come into focus in Europe and the United States when with regards to foreign brands entering their markets, okay? I think that 2023 was the eye-opening, oh my God, there are so many Chinese brands and they're starting to enter our markets. Now, I would say, and I'd po- I pointed to a chart about German res- uh, registrations for EVs, okay? So, Growth rates, extremely high. We're talking 50, 60, 70% year-over-year growth. But the the denominator, the base, is still very small. Small, yep. Okay, so if we're looking at December registrations for Germany, MG was 2.6 thousand units, right? So not a ton from a number standpoint, but I mean, if you look at it, there's MG, Smart, BYD, Great Wall, Polestar, Neo, Lincoln Co., Maxis, Lotus, Iway. There's a ton of brands, okay? And the crazy thing is, is MG, Smart, Polestar, Lotus, LEVC, 
European brands, not Chinese brands. So I want to also emphasize that as they export, it's going to be U.S. brands. It's going to be German brands. It's going to be European brands, Japanese brands. Think Nissan. It's not just going to be Chinese brands exporting from China. Yeah. So, so that's that's something else to look into twenty twenty four and beyond is the China increasingly become, I guess, an export base, an export hub, hub for, for all foreign brands. Yeah, not only for Chinese brands. Because who's driving most of the EV exports from China currently? Tesla. So remember that Tesla. Yeah, you know. MG, I think M- MG, I think the MG4 EV did like 100,000 units right. total global last year. So what will likely shift is Tesla's numbers for export will go down as they ramp Berlin and Austin. Okay. But uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about everything we've talked about. And uh, unless you have anything, any news this week that we missed or you want to bring up? If not, we can open the room up. Not that I can think of. Okay, so let let me read the question, okay? Any insight on new China VTG, so vehicle-to-grid registration? Could this give BYD a huge advantage, specifically because of its LFP chemistry? I think this is probably... Ref- oh, yeah, so 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 the policy-wise, this, this news came out of the... Um, uh, what do you call it? The, the energy... Storage um, facilities, right? Yeah, well, the, the four, uh, you know, NDRC, MIT came out with this basically requiring in the pilot cities hoping to use off-peak grid to charge like 60% of the EVs. Yep. So it's like an encouragement of, you know, utilizing, better utilizing grid. So it's totally to say, but I mean, it's definitely positive for for, for companies such as Neo, for for um, you know that that have this power storage play, oh, it's definitely advantage Neo. Yeah, and it's definitely advantage BYD because they build their own batteries. Yeah. So so yeah, I guess that 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 will be the way to put it. And what what we're seeing is is this is a global phenomenon. It's not unique to China. Uh, yeah. Companies like Our Next Energy, their first product they're shipping is actually storage for cities and. And, and companies for facilities. And it's a simple LFP batteries that they're using. And it's basically a big building with a bunch of LFP battery modules in it that it utilizes as a big battery pack for a, a, a building, a city, a municipality. We're going to see more of that as they try to be smarter. And this, this is also where clean energy comes in, you know, solar, wind, to, to capture that energy during peak hours and or capture that energy so that during peak hours you can use the the stored capacity for battery or for electricity as opposed yeah. to pulling from the grid. So let me see here. Neo's A-dash chip supposed to be better than NVIDIA Drive Orin. Do you think they will keep it exclusively for their own use as a part of the moat or license the tech sell chips goose their revenues? Let me start with that one. I, I uh, supposed to be and is is to On me paper. is a huge distance. <laughs> mm. I mean, there's a huge gap between supposed to be and is. And think of it this way: Nvidia is pretty much the only game in town. Their margins are off the charts. So if Nvidia's was even close, Nvidia or uh, if Neo's silicon was even close, Nvidia would just dump price. 
in order to maintain share. So um, because the the silicon, the capital cost for getting that silicon initially made is going to be extremely expensive for Neo, and they got to think about how they're going to be investing in their future, whether it's new products, whether it's silicon design, whether it's swapping. I mean, those are going to be huge, huge decisions that need to be made from a capital uh, expenditure standpoint. So I, I don't, first of all, I don't know. I don't know of any silicon design company that's that close to NVIDIA. We saw Mobileye get trashed in the markets this week. Yeah, yesterday, yeah. So so my few cents is that, first of all, this is going to materialize. Needs a few years to materialize. So this is beyond 2025, first of all. Second of all, there are many things I think that Neil could be a kind of a supplier role, starting with the power swap being one example. There are e-motors being one example. So don't count it out. But at this point, I think it's too early to say for sure that, you know, bye-bye NVIDIA, right? Bye-bye Qualcomm. No. Yeah, they're, none of these guys are clearly out of the woods with the exception of BYD and Tesla. So I think things could go really well for these companies next year. And I would be more positive on that comment if I knew the price war was going to end just around the corner. And, you know, it makes Neo, it makes BYD, it makes Xpeng, all the all the players that survived, it makes them stronger. But until it's over, they're not in positions of strength. Here's one question for you on the space. When do you expect to start seeing Mexico-made EVs enter the U.S. market in volume, 2026 or potentially earlier? What do you think, Lee? Well, let's say we'll, we'll, we'll know maybe for sure after the election is over. Yes. I don't see any reason pointed not being earlier, but not at least not, not anything meaningful until post-2025, I would say. So if we're looking at timing, 2026 is probably, again, I think you'd, you'd said this like the earliest, uh, because I don't know of any Chinese EV brands that have actually announced or have broken ground in factories in Mexico. So one one company is to look out for is Cherry, right? Yep. I think they hinted that they had America in their sights. So, you know. And what's important is, are we all in building 150,000 unit, 200,000 unit capacity factory? Because remember, it's not just an EV finished good challenge. It is also going to be, where am I going to get my batteries from? And so right. if that capacity is not built out in anywhere in the Americas or North America, specifically from other Chinese brands up the up the food chain, then that's going to be constraint. The one thing to keep an eye out for is the business model that BYD has with India, where they ship kits for final final assembly in India. So they ship kits for their vehicles from China to India, and they do final assembly or CKD, right? Knockdown kits. And so I could see that possibly happening for uh, one or two brands that want to quickly enter Me- or North America through Mexico. But yeah. I've been told that labor is an issue, labor shortage, skilled labor is an issue in Mexico. So... I don't necessarily believe that 
we're going to see this mad dash. I think it's a bit more complicated than that. And, and so it'll take some time. There will be some more ambitious companies. The ones that I think are cash rich and because they let's assume that they all have global ambitions, but the, the companies that can actually pay for it or pay for the portion that's not subsidized by the Mexican government, I think that's going to really tell you who the potential players are from the pretenders. So, yeah. and you don't have to make a comment. You can raise your hand too. Uh, I'm trying to look here. There, I don't see any other questions. So unless anyone has any questions, maybe we... I think we're good. Yeah. And uh, so next week I'll be at CS. And uh, there's certainly going to be a lot of news coming out of the China EV AV companies that will be there. Zeker's going to be there. Zeker 07. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Zeker is trying to be here, like just period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> IPO-wise or market-wise, let's just say that. Zeker, I make one, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll probably hear some LiDAR announcements. Really, Chinese LiDAR is getting onto international OEMs. Dude, that's so super competitive. Yeah. LiDAR is super competitive right now. Yeah. I unfortunately have decided that I will not make it. I have too many things going on personally and professionally. So, well, th- this year on the on an auto show circuit, so CES and then the Geneva Motor Show at the end of February, Beijing Auto Show are, are you know, probably the, at least in the first half of the year that, that Shanghai F1 worthy of. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're good. Cool. Hey, uh, everyone, happy new year. And uh, thanks for joining us. And to, to those that are new, hopefully this was pretty interesting because we'd love to have you back next week. And for the, the loyal listeners, there's quite a few of them that I see in the room right now. Thanks for uh, continuing to listen. Hopefully we're not only informative, we're a bit entertaining as well. But yeah. <laughs> Yes, very much appreciated. But I, I see 2024 continuing to be a super interesting time for the automotive, mobility, transportation, EV space. So hang with us and uh, we'll, we'll keep you informed. And just more, I guess, just more um, opportunity and, and uh, chance to, to experience the latest uh, offerings. Yeah. Wherever you are, we are in the world, not only in China. So that's... Yeah. The- you guys... Obviously, they're in this room, so they're all curious. Everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Have a good weekend. We will talk with you all next week. Same here. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Talk to you next week. That brings us to the end of this week's show. Lay and I thank you for tuning in. My name is Tu Lee, and you can find me on Twitter at SinoAutoInsight. That's S-I-N-O-A-U-T-O-I-N-S-I-G-H-T. You can find Lay on Twitter at Lei Xing 77. That's L E I X I N G 77. If you wouldn't mind rating and or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you grab your podcast from, we'd appreciate that as well. Even better, if you enjoy this show, please tell your friends about it. Please join us again next week as we track down all the latest news on China, EVs, and more. 